Hello from the East Coast to the West Coast and to listeners around the world. Welcome to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. I'm your host, Angeline Marie. Thanks for taking the time to join us today. We're broadcasting on Liberty Works Radio Network at libertyworksradionetwork.com and their affiliate stations. Also, don't forget, you can always learn more about our program and find podcasts posted at truthseekersradioshow.com. Today, we are going to discuss a very controversial topic, one that even many alternative talk radio hosts won't touch because it's so controversial. This is a conspiracy theory that has really taken hold in 2015. I first heard about it last summer, and I decided that if I'm going to call this program the Truth Seekers Radio Show, then I can't ignore this topic. It's like ignoring the big white elephant in the room. Today, my guest is Mark Sargent. He is the host of a radio program called Strange World that broadcasts on the Truth Frequency Radio Network. Mark started his career playing video games professionally in Boulder, Colorado. From there, he spent the next 20 years training people in proprietary software. In 2014, he started to look into what is no doubt the most ridiculous conspiracy ever called the Flatter Theory. But as he set out to debunk it, what he found instead through extensive research wasn't so laughable after all. In early 2015, he released a series of YouTube videos titled Flat Earth Clues, which delves into the possibility of our human civilization actually being inside a Truman Show-like enclosed system. So today, Mark is here to tell us about his research findings about the Flat Earth Theory. So if you'll help me, welcome Mark Sargent. How are you doing today, Mark? I'm doing well. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I thought first, let me just start off by telling how telling everybody how I found out about you. I'm a talk radio junkie, and I was listening to the radio one night. All of a sudden, I heard these two guys laughing and talking about a guy named Mark Sargent. And they were talking about something called the flatter theory. And... I got to admit, when I first heard this, I said, you've got to be kidding me. Now, I didn't hear the rest of the program that evening, but a few weeks later, I heard a program by Rob Skiba on the Flat Earth Theory. And he was telling his story about how he had set out to debunk it. And the more he got into it, the more he found things weren't as silly as he thought. But what really attracted me to his findings were the ones that he that he aligned with biblical scripture. So he got my attention and it really started to make me think. And then a few weeks later I stumbled onto your work again and so that brings us to today. So I just wanted to let you know how I found you. So Mark, let's start at the beginning. How did you get involved in the flat earth theory? I got into it because I was a big conspiracy guy for for 20 years, uh, you know, starting going all the way back to, you know, when JFK was first aired in the theaters. And I thought I'd pretty much seen it all. I thought I looked at pretty much everything. And then out of boredom, uh, I happened to run into a video on YouTube that was talking about how the flights are wrong in the southern hemisphere meaning they uh, they don't they don't make sense on a on a globe model they only make sense in a flat model and it was done by this german guy and i thought oh, that's pretty interesting so then i you know stumbled upon like a lot of people the the matt boylan story where he supposedly when he was 25 or so was working for nasa as a painter and they told him at a party one time that um, <clears throat> the earth wasn't what you thought it was that it was actually flat and I, I, you know, like everybody, again, anyone's listened to this, if you don't resist this thing right away, if you don't brace against it, then there's probably something wrong with you. Because everybody, and, and which is part of the, the, the problem, you know, we're so conditioned. But basically what I tried to do was I tried to, you know, to debunk Matt's story and, and say, okay, well, I should be able to shoot this thing down in two seconds. And that was last summer. And by the time nine months later in February, I realized that I was I was in trouble. So I made the series of clues, and I basically put the question out to the internet. In so many words, I you know made a series of I think twelve well an intro and now twelve clues. But I put the question out to the internet, which basically said, "How do you know 
right now? How does the person that's listening to this right now know you're on a globe? Is it because you remember, you know, a globe saying your first grade classroom and that it was always there with you in school? Or because you saw the picture given to you by NASA? And I put that out there and really thought it was going to be shot down. And you know, I thought I, I thought I was uh, I had mistake had mistakes, and there was a glaring error in there somewhere. And here we are, in you know, about to wrap up 2015, and no one's shot it down yet. It just keeps growing and growing and resonating, and uh, from all different groups and religions, it's amazing. Now, in your research, when did you find when did the globe model even come into existence? I mean, when did they start teaching it in schools and whatnot? Well. It, depends where you look. Roughly, it was about 500 years ago. Uh, so the first 4,500 years of our civilization, if our civilization say, like 5,000 years old, first 4,500 of it, people believed, like, you know, all your major religions, um, Hinduism, Buddhism, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity, they all believed in, in the flat model, you know, that, that not, not only was it flat, but it was enclosed. You know, there was this big canopy. It was stretched over by a tent. And uh, then... The problem there, though, was that even though the maths, you know, so some came out and said, oh, yeah, by the way, uh, with, with some special math, we think it's a globe. The problem was you could never actually prove it. You could be 99% sure because of the math that your numbers were right, but there was no way to prove it until you could actually build a vehicle that could go up high enough to actually take the picture. Uh, you know, hot air balloons didn't come along until uh, for, to, with people in them until like 1760, the first airplanes around 1900. And it wasn't until 1957 that the United States and the USS, and I'm sorry, and the Soviet Union made, uh, you know, vehicles, rockets that could go up high enough. And so the question was, and, and again, it was one of the things I touched on, if they got up there and realized the world wasn't what they were advertising for the last 500 years, would they tell people? And the answer I quickly came to was uh, no, no, they would not. What I noticed in Clue 5 it was when you were talking about the major religions and how they believed in flat earth, but there was a change coming in society when the yeah. globe model was introduced, and if they didn't get on board, they felt like they might lose their followers. And I yeah. thought, I thought yeah, that yeah. was interesting. And then can you talk about... you? Both, I believe, you and Rob Skiba have talked about how all the major religions taught about firm, the firmament. Can you tell us what that is? Sure, sure. In Genesis, as a matter of fact, uh, Genesis, I think it's one six or one seven. I've got to get that right because it's embarrassing that I don't know it by heart by now. Uh, they talk about the firmament, the, uh, a barrier that separates the waters above and the waters below when, when the creator, the divine, was, was building this place. And every religion had their own version of that. Uh, you know, there's a lot of similarities between um, Islam, uh, Judaism, and Christianity. And so, you know, they pretty much shared some of those stories. But it was true. Yeah, they, they all thought of us, even, even tribal leaders, you know, people out in the backwoods of, of Australia and Native Americans. You know, they all thought this because it just seemed, it, whatever it was, it was instinctual and it made sense to them. So when science came along and decided to change that, Unfortunately, it was it was a cool enough idea. I mean, the globe model is is you know really slick little advertising campaign that uh, they had to go along with it because otherwise they they didn't you know they felt that they would just be you know forgotten in history. So the churches, but they never forgot it. You know, they they never let you know it's always been in their back pocket. So again, which is why I talked about the clues. If if this thing actually comes out or when it comes out, uh, religion is going to have a lot to say to science. Now, I think it was in clue number two, you talk about Admiral Byrd and how he plays into this. Can you tell us a little bit about him? Sure, sure. Admiral Richard Byrd, uh, United States Navy, probably the finest explorer in, the, you know, in, in modern day times. Uh, youngest admiral, he made rear admiral at, uh, I believe it was 41, which is amazing. He was known for his exploring ability. And in fact, I just stumbled across him because I was a big hollow earth guy. And I knew that he had flown a rickety plane up to the North Pole in 1926. And, you know, we hear the hollow earth legend, you know, that comes from there. But what most people don't know is that he spent or was ordered uh, by whatever power is out there. Uh, he was ordered from 1928 until, you know, his death and really in 1957 to just keep 
hammering Antarctica, you know, the South Pole, and look, he was looking for something. No question. He was looking for, for the better part of 30 years. And when he was down there doing that, uh, it was interesting because we, and we, the footage is great. It was, we were so lucky to find it, to get it, which was during these, these missions down there in 1954, he comes on national television and says that Antarctica is made out of money. And that, you know, there's, there's coal, there's oil, there's minerals, uranium, everything you'd ever want. And all these countries that were down there were going to be, you know, potentially even fighting over it. And that he was getting ready for his next mission, which was in 1956, called Operation Deep Freeze. And he goes down there, and then everything changed. Uh, he found something. Whatever he found, though, scared him and the Russians so badly. You know, even though there were other countries down there, I think it was really only the Americans and the Russians that had uh, were privy to the the, the first wave of it. Uh, whatever he found on there changed everything. Meaning, all these countries that were supposed to make money, they all left. Like they were on fire. You know, they they left the ice. They started working on what's now known as the Antarctic Treaty, which was finished in 1959. That basically says no corporation from any country in the world can go to Antarctica and set up shop, ever. And that for me, that was that was the big tipping point because there's there's no way we all know capitalism and and greed and power and money rule the world. So what conspiracy is bigger than money? This thing was so big they couldn't even come up with a cover story for it. They they were willing to shut out all the corporations because they didn't want a, a helicopter or a plane accidentally going near near to wherever this was, which I'm pretty sure was the either the soft barrier or the hard barrier of uh, this stage that we're on. Okay, Mark, let's go ahead and take our first break. Listeners, today my guest is Mark Sargent, host of the Strange World Radio program and producer of YouTube videos titled Flat Earth Clues. We're discussing his findings on a conspiracy that has gained much attention this year called the Flat Earth Theory, and we'll be back momentarily on the True Seekers radio show. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic Lows. You can't afford to wait. So call 800 you can control your health care with Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare is an alternative to expensive health insurance. You can finally make the right decisions for you and your family. It's not insurance. It's medical cost sharing. You can affordably control the cost of your medical expenses. It's a group of individuals effectively sharing the cost of health care and paying far less for it. You don't even have to pay for procedures that are unnecessary or that violate your conscience. This is based on shared values. You are not alone. With Liberty Health Share, you're part of something bigger, a group of people who care for and support one another. Join the movement of people who share in medical costs and change the way you pay for your health care forever. It's simple and easy. Call 1-800-714-6993 right now for more information. Or visit LibertyOnCall.com. Get a free estimate today. Liberty HealthShare. There is an answer. Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers Radio Show today. My guest is Mark Sargent, host of the Strange World Radio Program and producer of YouTube videos titled Flat Earth Clues. And today we're discussing his findings on a conspiracy that has really gained a lot of traction in 2015 called the Flat Earth Theory. So, Mark, we need to address some of the obvious questions. 
the one I get the most because I've talked to people that I meet in my life is, well, why would they lie to us? I mean, what are they hiding? Sure, sure. Well, think of it this way, and, and I, I get those emails every once in a while as well. It's like, well, I still got to go to my crummy job in the morning, so why would I care? You know, if the earth's round or flat. It's like, well, you may not, but a lot of other people will. Uh, and there's really three side effects that that happen because of this. Um, the first is is from an academic standpoint. Imagine if. Uh, you know, you wake up one morning and you know there's a headline that says you know you, you know, the world is actually enclosed and it's flat. The um, every college in every university in the world, with an astrophysics or an astronomy department, they they close overnight. NASA, every space agency closes, uh, and the remaining physical sciences, you know, geology, hydrology, uh, geography, archaeology, uh, even biology. Take your pick. They they all have to be retooled for this new model. And, and that you're talking about a lot of academics, a lot of textbooks, which, you know, from, from grade school all the way up through your, your master's and your PhDs, you know, these guys are, you know, there have to be a lot of looking into it for, for this. The second thing would be the religious aspect of it. You got to remember that the big five religions, which I mentioned earlier, they've all been looking for their holy grail, their Ark of the Covenant, and they, you know, basically proof of the divine. Or basically intelligent design in this case. So if all of a sudden you give them all these religions that at the same time, well, there's going to be a reckoning. You know, even though, you know, religions will, will try to be nice, you know, we seem to be more evolved a little bit in some cases. But there would be a reckoning against science, in which case, you know, uh, the religion would go to science and say, look, you were wrong about this and we were right. So what else are you wrong about and what else are we right about? Which would be uh, amazing. And then the third part, which I think is really the most important part, is that it gives people a new perspective. So if there is proof of intelligent design, and I'm not saying it's necessarily the handprint of God on the wall, but if you now know you're in some sort of enclosed structure, you know, and someone's been looking over your shoulder this entire time, do you keep doing what you've been doing up until now? Do you keep, you know, are, are you still going to go to war? Are you going, you know, are you going to kill? Are you going to lie, cheat, steal? Are you going to do anything malicious against anybody? And uh, I, I use the stoplight camera as an example, and I think it fits, which is we all run you know, stoplights every once in a while. But as soon as they hook up a camera to it, we don't. And you say, well, why not? Well, it's because I'll get caught if I get tried with it. Why were you thinking about running it in the first place? So it, I think it helps us become better people. So there you go. I think, too, from if you look at it from a spiritual perspective, you talk in one of your clues about hiding God, and mm-hmm. th- this this would break the Big Bang Theory, the evolution, and all that. And I think that's truly what's at the bottom of this. Whether the guys, you know, that were in charge, whether they knew or not what they why they were doing it, I think it all comes down to a spiritual component here. And I think that's the whole thing: was hiding God, the Creator. Yeah. That's just yeah. my view of it. And it, it, it's, it was the perfect hoax. Mm, indeed. Ha, yeah, the greatest con of all time. Yeah, has it changed your view of the world at all as far as God or... or... Oh, yeah, yeah. Spirituality-wise, uh, it's, it, it, it's going to be tough to be an atheist in any capacity when this thing comes out because it's... Well, you can't deny it. At that point, it's like, okay, we're in a structure. So somebody built it, which means you have a creator. And if some, there is a creator, that means that somebody, you know, is is looking over you or for you or what, you know, who knows? They may just be, you know, an absentee landlord. You don't know. But, yeah, for me, it absolutely changed my look on things. I mean, I won't do anything malicious to anyone ever again uh, because of this. And uh, so I'm just trying to get the word out as fast as possible. You know, and I've watched a lot of the programs with you and Patricia Steer, and she's talked about this, too. I mean, I don't know where she is, you know, quote-unquote, in the religious camp, but I know she said she was more towards being atheist, but then this whole thing kind of changed her view, and I don't know exactly where she stands. But the point is that it really does change you in your view of the world. Oh, yeah. And from a spiritual perspective, I think. And I think 
So when people say, well, why should we care? I think that's the answer right there. Yeah. It can it can literally change someone's life. Agreed. So some of the other questions like what about the curvature of the earth? What do you say to that? Uh, the curvature is an interesting question because initially when I built the clues, I didn't even address it. In fact, I don't have a single clue that, that talks about the curvature. And a lot of the pure flat earthers, the purists, uh, they were saying, look, there's, there, there may be no curvature at all. And so, you know, I looked in a little bit more and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll admit you know, that I had flaws in some of the stuff I was doing. But the curvature, I, I was really surprised that the more and more people came out that said, they can't find any evidence of it. And I, that was the other question I put out to people. It's like, show me where the curvature is. Show me how you know. How does the average person on the street see it? And, you know, they all t- started, you know, oh, I was out on the beach and I saw it. Really? Take a picture of it. Tell me, you know, put a, put a straight edge up to it. Tell me that you see the curvature. Well, I saw it from an airplane. Really do the same thing. Send it to me. And, you know, no one's ever done it uh, to the point where we have weather balloons now. Uh, you know, that are either taken with really, you know, warped fisheye uh, GoPro lenses or they're taken with standard lenses. And the standard lenses uh, uh, lenses always show a flat surface. Now, in hindsight, we've looked at some 3D models lately which show that even at an altitude of a weather balloon, we you shouldn't be able to ever get up high enough to actually see the curve. So does a, a high-altitude weather balloon prove flat Earth? No, but it does prove that, that NASA, with their severe curves, uh, aren't showing us what the truth is. Okay, and then what about NASA? What do you... How, what is your feeling? That's another question I get time and time again. Well, we went to the moon. What about that? What about the pictures? So let's yeah. talk about NASA and, and yeah. where you, what, what are your feelings about them? Yeah, you got to give up. Everybody's got to give up NASA. They were a fabrication since day one. And I know it's easy for me to say. People are going, what are you saying? They lied about everything. I was going, no. The only reason they were created was to hide this world uh, in 1958. Uh, the moon mission... <clears throat> Uh, you know, they went. There's, there's too many questions on the NASA side that have never ever been answered. Uh, one was, you know, what sort of shielding did they use when they went uh, ten missions from Apollo uh, eight through Apollo seventeen through the Van Allen radiation belts? Came, you know, came back, nobody died, nobody got cancer, and the the, the capsules weren't contaminated. What, what shielding did they use? They've never, they've never really addressed it. Uh, there's never been a, um, an exterior shot of an astronaut holding a camera that even turns 180 degrees, let alone 360. That should have happened by accident. Uh, there are, and of course, the, the big one, which you know, finally got uh, some attention this year, and we're going to take the, the movement's going to take credit for that. And that is why, from 1972 until July of 2015, why was there only one picture in any textbook of the Earth, the full Earth, from space? How is that even possible? You know, we send out probes, we send out shuttles, we send out all sorts of fun stuff, and nobody's ever taken a picture. Uh, and and why did you wait for Apollo 17? Apollo 17 was the last mission. Uh, why not take it from Apollo 8, Apollo 9? It's not like they were landing. They had plenty of time on their hands. Nobody took a shot, and they only had one shot. And uh, then NASA confirmed that, by, uh, and the White House retweeted it this year, where they said, oh, yeah, by the way, here's our second shot we've taken in 43 years. And it was amazing that it's, it's almost like they want to get caught. So, yeah, NASA uh, is an utter joke. Uh, they were uh, – it's a con since day one. And I know some people say, well, you know, you, you, I, fine, I don't believe the moon, but I believe in the International Space Station. And I go, really? Take a look at some of the interior footage of that uh, on YouTube and tell me what, what that is. Even to, even to the point of satellites. All satellites are routed through a branch of NASA – I'm sorry, branch of NASA in one form or another. So it's yeah yeah there's there's nothing real about anything that's going on up there when it comes to the United States government or any space program what, what they're talking about what they're doing. You know Mark you said it's almost like they want to get caught. Do you think that maybe this whole thing it was on purpose a purposeful push towards this flat earth model for some other reason that maybe we don't know about? It sure feels like it. Uh I've I've 
I've looked at it for a long enough time now that the mistakes they're making, because you got to remember, uh, they've got to be able to make the mistakes for the lowest common denominator. And the mistakes they've been making over the last, oh, I don't know, year or two have been really, really bad from a production standpoint, to the point of, of really being blatant. Uh, you know, everything from the interior of the ISS to how bad the Apollo footage was aged over the years to, um, you know, even the rockets and, and uh, what we've been, you know, that, that sloppy thing where the, uh, the Challenger astronauts are apparently still alive, uh, which, which, of course, you know, they didn't count on the Internet tracking these people down. But, uh, yeah. Out of all the clues videos that you did, what do you think is the most important one? Um, the most important one for me, because it was uh, the one that kept me going through it, was uh, Clue 2, which was uh, the bird wall. Because that raised the suspicions of uh, you know, anyone that watched it. It was really, really tough to deny what you were looking at. And that is, it doesn't matter your your gender, your your race, your, any of your demographics. Anyone that watches that understands. And what they understand is when you, the best explorer in the world and then, you know, America's finest military officer comes out and says, the place is made out of money. We're going we're gonna to carve this thing up. And then they turn around and seal it off for all time. You know, don't, don't let anyone down there. And it's unilaterally accepted. All, all around the world, it, it's you, you can't deny that because we all know how money works. We've all seen it too many times, you know, from since, since we were young. Money rules everything, and this this is a one place that money can't get into. You can't tell me that there isn't a petroleum, an oil and gas company out there with unlimited financial resources that can't get in there. Then not only can they not get in, but they, they're not even allowed to talk about it. They're not even allowed to petition it. You'd think they'd go to the New York Times thirty years ago. And say, you know, start running stories, you know, why Exxon Mobil should be in Antarctica, you know, crap like that. They're not even allowed to do that. So, very suspicious. And, you know, when he was on that program and then he went, he, if I understood you right, he went for another mission. And then we never heard from him again. And then he mysteriously was dead probably within a year. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He uh, deep freeze ended in '56, and then he died quietly in '57. Now, granted, he was in his 60s, but you know he was a very fit. You know, he was a lifelong explorer. You know, that guy was. You know, he was like the Energizer Bunny. He wasn't going to slow down. So I think you know I'd like like to think the glass is half full on this one, but you know that's not always the case. I think he was told that uh, you know you really can't talk about this, and and when he kind of hedged because you know he did interviews all around the world, that they said you know what we just can't take a chance with him screwing up this, right. and so they just took care of it. Okay, Mark, we're going to go ahead and take our second break, listeners. Today, my guest is Mark Sargent the host of the Strange World Radio Program and producer of Flat Earth Clues. We'll be back momentarily on the True Seekers Radio Show. If you are struggling to pay or haven't been making your student loan payments, listen carefully to this urgent alert. Have you been out of school for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? Are your student loans past due or even in default? Can't go back to school because of an old student loan problem? We can help you if you qualify. Your student loans can be taken out of default. We can stop the wage garnishments, stop the collection calls, and stop the seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and see if we can help you reduce your student loan payments. One quick 10-minute call could solve them right now. So call the Student Loan Helpline now. 855-371-FAST. 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 855-371-3278. This is a fee-based document preparation service to help you access free government programs. Call for complete details not available in all states. 
Want to lose weight? Then turn your body into a furnace that literally melts the fat away. That's exactly what Thermometer does. Thermometer is uniquely formulated with patented ingredients like bitter orange, brown seaweed, and decaffeinated green tea. Their combined thermogenic properties boost up your metabolism and turn up the heat in your body so you melt the fat away without any jittery side effects. Thermometer is not available in stores. It's only available to listeners of this station. We're giving away 100 free bottles right now to anyone who enrolls in our special trial offer. Call now for your risk-free trial offer. 1-800-430-4147 1-800-430-4147 Welcome back. You're listening to the True Seekers Radio Show. Today my guest is Mark Sargent. He's the host of Strange World and the producer of YouTube videos called Flat Earth Clues, and we're discussing the Flat Earth Theory. Mark, before we go any further, did you want to give out a web address or anything where people could find out more about you and your work? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's real easy. Uh, Either go to enclosedworld.com or just take any search engine and type in Flat Earth Clues. You will find it. Now, you know, we're so brainwashed so that when you mention this uh, flat model versus the globe model, people just can't wrap their head around it. So when you try to explain to someone how how is Antarctica different on the globe model versus the flat? Yeah, yeah, it's really, really interesting. Uh, the, the map isn't like anything you've seen otherwise, although people have seen it. They just never uh, recognized it before, which is the U.N. flag. So if you take a look at the U.N. flag, basically all what you're doing is you're taking the globe, you're putting your hand on the North Pole, and you're flattening it out to where all the continents, you know, so the North Pole's in the center of the map like a dinner plate, and all the continents kind of spread out organically. However, uh, there's one continent which is very, very different, and that is Antarctica. So mainstream science says that Antarctica is this big uh, kind of island continent similar to the size of Australia. But in the flat model, it is literally uh, stretched out around the entire outer edge. And that's that's what we believe. Now, I, the, the other argument I get, especially because then they say, well, do you think we went to the moon? Mm-hmm. And I have my own opinion on that. I don't think we went. Yeah. But they say, well, then wouldn't all of NASA's employees have to be in on all this stuff? What, do, what would you say, the astronauts, the employees, no, would everybody no. have to be in on it? No, it's not like the Manhattan Project where you're trying to cover up uh, atomic weapons. Uh, in this this sort of scenario, especially with NASA, all you have to do is have, you know, of course, the people at the top do. And the Apollo astronauts knew, but basically it's just telemetry. So the people that fake the telemetry data that's coming into the control room, yeah. But everyone in the control room, all the nuts and bolts guys, the people that are turning wrenches, they don't know any different. Uh, for them, it's uh, just business as usual. But the Apollo astronauts were told, uh, and that's you know we, we learned through our mistakes, and that's what was one of their mistakes was they told them that they had to fake it, and they also told them why, and that weighed really, really heavily on them. Over the years, most of the people know uh, the Apollo astronauts. You know, turned most of them turned into recluses when they should have been, you know, living a, living the high life and living a hero's life for years and years up until until they died. Uh, opposed to all the astronauts that you see now, which are basically just Air Force employees, and they seem pretty happy running around the ISS in their khakis and their polo shirts and their socks. And that's because all they do in that case is they just make them sign non-disclosure agreements, saying, "Oh yeah, by the way, you're going to be faking this, but not only you're not allowed to tell anybody, you're not even supposed to, you're not even allowed to ask us why. It is above your pay grade. That way, your conscience is clear. You know, the less you know is is better." So, so when they initially enter into these contracts, I wonder if they even know to the depths that that all of that footage will eventually be used. What do you think? They probably don't. I mean, really, is it any different than... Because remember, they're military guys. Uh, is it any different than a spy? 
you know, being being uh, hired by whatever organization, uh, you know, they, they they signed on for it, and they knew that's like, oh yeah, you might be shoulder tapped to do some some black bag operations. In this case, you're being shoulder tapped to do some movie footage, or television footage, and uh, they don't know, and I don't think they actually. Well, I mean, I'm sure they whisper about it to each other, but I don't think a lot of them even even know at the at the highest astronaut levels now. What do you say when people ask you about gravity? Gravity is, uh, for lack of a better term, just a just a word. Uh, you know, what we even mainstream science has a really hard time with gravity. Now, they say that well, if if there's a ball that's just sitting in space, that the gravity is the mass of you know the the planet itself, and that's what keeps everybody on it because we're attracted to the surface. But it also works pretty well in a flat world, believe it or not, uh, because there's, there's not much difference there. You know, if we're talking about mass or we're talking about an artificial means, because, uh, you know, if, if, if there's divine intervention here, who's to say it's not gravity isn't some sort of molecular magnet that has settings and, you know, all, all sorts of different adjustments you could do, which is why, you know, the, which is something you would want, because otherwise you have to rely on stuff like saying that the moon controls the tides. And that, uh, you know, the, the sky doesn't go rushing through the air at a thousand miles an hour. There's a lot of really weird inconsistencies there. And what about the planets and the solar system? Do you think that exists? They do, but they're way, way closer. And that's the big one. That's the one that blows people's minds usually. And that is, uh, in this model, the sun and the moon, you know, the, the sun isn't 93 million miles away, and the moon isn't 237,000 miles away. They're much, much closer, you know, maybe in only a few thousand miles out, and maybe only, you know, 30 plus miles wide. Uh, those two appear, appear to be physical objects, you know, for define what you want as physical but as far as the planets and the stars no they're part of a giant uh, planetarium system so when you're looking the inside of a planetarium and then you go outside at night and you look at the real stars tell me you know what the difference is between the two and that's that's what we believe so would that be a good comparison to make when you're trying to explain the flat earth model to someone just imagine when you go to the planetarium yeah, yeah, it's very similar to that. Uh, you know, of course, there's some geologic processes. I mean, we can build a, a planetarium that's, you know, if we wanted to, we could build it that is miles wide. But we're talking about one that's thousands of miles wide. So if you could build a, that, that was also one of the questions I put out there. If you could build a planetarium slash terrarium slash wildlife preserve that was uh, thousands of miles wide, could you hide an entire civilization inside it without them knowing? And how long could you do it? And the answer appears to be uh, about 5,000 years. Well, if you think about everything that we think we know, it's really, it, whether it's t we've heard it from our parents when we're little, then school, TV, radio, magazines, whatever, whatever type of medium we hear it. In blind faith, we've all believed what we've been told because none of us have ever done the, the real Research. We've never gone out and really seen these things, so we're all taking it on blind faith when you really drill down and look at what we believe, whether it's this theory or anything. Oh, yeah, yeah. The um, We equate, I wasn't kidding when I said this in the clues, it's like we know that fire burns, water is wet. You drop a pen, that appears to be something called gravity. Um, but when it comes to the planet and the shape, we equate it with, well, it's a given, obviously. You know, it's obviously a planet. Well, really? How do you know it's a planet? It's just because, you know, nobody found out for themselves. They were all told this. And that's where, again, things start to crumble. Because, like, okay, how would you prove to somebody that you're on a planet right now? Can you do it without using the word NASA? Because if you keep circling back to NASA, you're putting an awful lot of faith in a uh, military military wing of the U.S. government that was built on the on the red hot embers of the Nazi war machine. And uh, I'll even throw one more in there, and you probably heard this one, and that is Werner von Braun, you know, the the father of rocket science. You know, met with every leader and president, and uh, his headstone is very very modest. And on his headstone, other than the day he was born, or I'm sorry, the year he was born and died, has a single Bible verse, which is 19, Psalms 19.1, which says, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Why, why would a rocket scientist put this on their headstone? Why, why would he start talking about an a impenetrable dome above us from the grave? It's, uh, it's fascinating. Um, 
Something else I wanted to bring up was the International Space Station, because I get that a lot. It's like, well, then why did they create that? What are they really doing up there? What do you think about that? And what are some of the anomalies you've found when looking into the ISS? Yeah, the ISS was something I didn't look into initially. I, you know, the, the the YouTube thing just started branching out and, and growing like a weed when it came to this. And there was a video out there called ISS Hoax. And very, very interesting where you're looking at, yeah, you see astronauts floating around in these little things wearing their polo shirts and their khakis and their socks. Why they don't wear shoes, I have no idea. And then... Um, uh, what you, you notice first off is things, little things like why are the women's hair permed using some sort of heavy, heavy hairspray? Uh, why, why would you? Why you know it sticks up unnaturally? It doesn't flow. It's it's they look like the Bride of Frankenstein, and it doesn't make sense because you 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 would be um, doing things like uh, you know if you wanted to do it uh, if you wanted to do better production techniques. You would do something like, I don't know, uh, put a hat on them or tie their hair back or both or, I don't know, cut their hair. Uh, you know, in swimming pools, the, the same thing applies. Why It's why you're not allowed really to have long hair in swimming pools because people are going to swim into it and then it's like spider webs. Uh, why are there no hatches between the compartments that we can see or are they easily accessible to? Where are the freaking doors? Uh, why are all the sections only about as wide as a jet airplane? Why is there a jet airplane background noise whenever you're going from section to section? Uh, it just goes on and on. It's it's really bad. Again, which is why I think they're 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 trying to get caught because you know even even your uh, your rookie Hollywood producer isn't going to make the mistakes that they did. So what is their end game then if they want to get caught? And what do you what why why would they do that? Well, if you wanted to get caught. In this case, and, and lots of people would, would agree, I think, which is if you wanted to finally set up some sort of new world order, what better way than to first tell everybody that they're in one big village, one big community? You know, that goes a long way as far as producing harmony between people. And uh, so that seems like, you know, it's the, the, it seems like Flat Earth is being set up for something bigger on top of it. Some have suggested, you know, a fake... Um, Planet X, you know, using Blue Beam, or maybe a fake alien invasion, uh, or maybe even a real alien invasion. You know, it's something you know along those lines. But that's that's what it feels like right now. It just feels it feels too much like a setup. Once people, if people have been doing this long enough, people that have been with me doing it since February, uh, they they're all in the same boat. They're going, yeah, there's something. They're they're getting you know, heck. The before this interview, uh, the inter- there's an article uh, out that the International Space Station they're going to close it. Uh, just came out today. Where they're, that's they're, interesting. They're, yeah, where they're gonna go, they're gonna put all the people on the moon. It's like, oh, really? You gonna do a moon base now? Twenty fifteen? You gonna do a moon base? Why? Why? Because you can't do the ISS anymore. Yeah, let me know how you're gonna fake stuff on a moon base. That's gonna be way, way worse. Uh, no different than the Mars mission. You know, the Orion uh, Mars mission where they kept talking about it, and then all of a sudden, uh, just a couple days ago, they canceled it. They said, oh, yeah, there was this little uh, science instrument. We couldn't get in time from the French, and so uh, we're just going to postpone it indefinitely. Uh, yeah, about? I noticed how they pushed Mars this whole year, yeah. and those pictures are laughable. But yeah. you said earlier in the program that you thought NASA was created for the moon landing or the fake moon landing. Yes, but I think then maybe what happened is they saw what a big money-making machine it was. I mean, if you tell the American public that, you know, we're going on all these big missions, somebody has to fund that stuff. Now, yeah. if we're not going, that money's going somewhere. What's your thought yeah. on that? They made a lot of money off of this, no question. Uh, unfortunately, the, the, the reason why NASA was formed was two parts. One was you had to militarize the sky. Meaning uh, you had to make sure the private sector, you know, like uh, Hughes Aircraft or McDonnell Douglas or Boeing or General Dynamics, you can't let those guys get into the private space program, you know, it's such a, you know, back in the 60s and 70s because you don't even know how the heck you're trying to control this. But the other thing they did, which they really had to, and I'm giving credit to Matt Boylan on this one, which was they didn't have a picture of the Earth from space. 
didn't have a single picture because you can't just hand the picture to people and say, oh, yeah, by the way, this is the Earth from space because people are going to say, well, how would you take it? So you actually had to create a fake rocket program that would simulate going that far so then you could hand people the picture and say, oh, yeah, that's this is the Earth from space because then you defined it. I mean, that one image convinced people for the most, you know, because if you waited too much longer, it would have gotten pretty dicey. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, people would have wanted a picture. It's like, why don't we have a picture? Where is the picture? And right. you know, but they kept using that same photo for so long, two generations, and uh, yeah, now it's just where that, that record is played out. Mm-hmm. Okay, Mark, let's take our last break, listeners. Today, my guest is Mark Sargent, host of Strange World and producer of Flat Earth Clues, and we'll be back momentarily on the Truth Seekers Radio Show. lose weight then turn your body into a furnace that literally melts the fat away that's exactly what thermometer does thermometer is uniquely formulated with patented ingredients like bitter orange brown seaweed and decaffeinated green tea their combined thermogenic properties boost up your metabolism and turn up the heat in your body so you melt the fat away without any jittery side effects thermometer is not available in stores it's only available to listeners of this station we're giving away 100 free bottles right now to anyone who enrolls in our special trial offer call now for your risk-free trial offer 800-430-4147 one more time 800-430-4147 This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right. General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right. That's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic You can't afford to wait. So call Welcome back. You're listening to the Truth Seekers Radio Show. Today I'm speaking with Mark Sargent. He's the host of Strange World and also the producer of Flat Earth Clues. And we're talking about a conspiracy that gained a lot of attention this year called Flat Earth Theory. Mark, before we went to the break, you had mentioned Matt Boylan. You know who he is and I know who he is. But for someone that never heard of Matt, can you talk a little bit about Matt? Sure, sure. He is a very interesting guy. Um, he was talking about Flat Earth years ago. Uh, again, when he was 25, and he's 38 now, he was working for NASA and uh, painting pictures. And he goes to a uh, high-level party out in the Hamptons, and, you know, and there was a power outage. And so it's down to candlelight and wine, which usually means confession time. And people are talking about this and that. And somebody mentions, well, I've heard that you know, GPS doesn't work down Antarctica and you know Matt's playing along and and uh, one of the guys says well you should set a team out there to uh, to to make sure you know that uh, you know to find out and one of the guys says well if you send them out that far they're not coming back and you know Matt goes you know why, why are they coming back and he goes well because it's flat and and because GPS doesn't work down there because you know there's there's nothing to bounce a signal off of and even he didn't get that for years he didn't understand what uh, what he was looking at for the longest time, but yeah, he was talking about this years ago, and he was really kind of an island when when this thing kind of came out. And but it's unfortunately it's been rattling around his head for so long, it's tough for him to keep focus anymore. So uh, you know, we reference him whenever we can, but that's about it. 
Can you talk a little bit more in depth about the flights in the Southern Hemisphere that you, you were mentioning flights earlier, that that kind of is what set you off in this whole, in this direction. But what I've often wondered, if the Earth is spinning, let's take a flight, say, from just New York to Vegas. How come it's always the same amount of time, whether you're going east to west or west to east? It seems like when you're going in one direction, you should pick up speed, and then when you're going the other direction, it should take longer. Yeah, yeah. What you're talking about there is a variation of the Coriolis effect, which basically says that anything flying through the air will have to adjust to the Earth spinning. And I have talked to a lot of people over the year, or what not over the years, over the last months. Uh, uh, flight instructor, you know, Navy guys that are firing missiles, uh, sub guys that are firing torpedoes, and they're all basically saying the same thing, and that is we've all heard of the Coriolis effect, but we can't ever actually see it in in real life. And uh, yeah, so what you're what you're saying there is very true. If you're flying from east to west and west to east, isn't a plane sort of like a bullet in some ways? I mean, yeah, it's a little slower, but why don't they ever have to adjust for the runways and and the spin of the Earth? And you'd think that you know, with all these different runways all over the world, you get you know get in some weird situations where the plane would can be coming in sideways, and it just isn't there. Uh, the Coriolis effect, you know, show it show it to me. I've got uh, what, like eight or ten people now. That all say that in all different professional sectors that say the same thing, which is the Coriolis effect, the spinning of the Earth, is not there. Nate, what are some? You've had some very interesting guests. You had you talked about Sean, the Navy missile instructor. What other guests have you had? Uh, the submarine electronics chief, the career surveyor of 32 years, uh, who said that you know even by accident people should be you know surveyors, especially using big tracts of land. Should see the should be taking into account the curvature. Uh, industrial engineer that specializes in valves and seals that says the ISS is absolutely impossible the way they advertise it. Uh, uh, artillery, United States Army um, field artillery radar operator that's shooting beam radars out at distances. I mean, the, Sean McCurry, of course, is shooting beam radars at a minimum of 60 miles. And if the curvature of the Earth is real, he should not be able to paint a target with, with that thing. And he's not bouncing off the ionosphere. Uh, but yeah, lots of different people that have, and of course the flight instructor, which was he was great, where he comes out and says, "Look, the reason why no, you know, because a lot of people say, well, wouldn't all the pilots know?" It's like, no, they wouldn't know because they're not looking for it. They're just flying their planes and getting from point A to point B, and and uh, if they get there, why why would you question that? Mm-hmm. And now now he gets it. Now he sees what's going on, and uh, the instruments, all the instruments he uses point to the same thing, which is uh, there is no curvature, there is no Coriolis effect, and the maps are wrong. Well, Mark, we're almost out of time. What closing thoughts do you have to somebody that might, when they're first looking into this, or if there's somebody that they would like to talk to somebody about this, how do you go about that? Take your time. That's that's the big thing. Have patience. Not just with other people, if you ever bring it up to them, but yourself. Because, again, you're going to brace against it. Uh, I wasn't kidding when I said that. I was physically embarrassed the first time I ever clicked on a Flat Earth link. And that didn't make any sense to me. I'd clicked on all sorts of fun links over the years with conspiracies. So just take your time and make your decision afterwards. Don't immediately jump on that bandwagon, oh, well, this is stupid. Because you got to ask yourself why you think it's just stupid. Saying it's stupid isn't a rebuttal. It's just a knee-jerk reaction. Uh, again, it's the only conspiracy out there we debunked to children, and it's worked very well over the years. Mm-hmm. Listeners, today my guest has been Mark Sargent, host of Strange World, producer of Flat Earth Clues. We've been talking about the Flat Earth Theory. And until next week, God bless. to wear your life jacket. This message brought to you by the National Safe Boating Council and the women who nag you... <clears throat> uh, love you.